Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. On today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us, Dr. Ashley Dwyer. We are also going to be talking with Dr. Ashley all about one of our favorite topics here at Fit Chicks Chat, which is HIIT training. But we're talking about it from a bit of a different lens today, looking at not just the positives of HIIT training and why it's become such a popular form of exercise, but also looking at the other side, the flip side, where how HIIT training can sometimes have a negative impact if not done properly. So Ashley's going to be sharing a ton of knowledge with us and shedding some light into those areas and how to adapt your workout programs to make it work for you. This is an incredible conversation. Of course, this is the same information and similar stuff that we talk about in our fitness and nutrition expert certification program, where we talk about, you know, how to use all the different modalities and make it work for yourself as well as for your clients and how a one size fits all is not a thing when it comes to health and how we need to customize and make things so that they work for your clients and for the goals that they desire the most. So if you are ready to learn more about HIIT training, list training, string training, and all the different modalities out there, as well as get certified in group fitness, personal training, nutrition, and wellness coaching, make sure you check out our certifications that are up and coming at fitchicksacademy.com. All right, on to the episode. Happy listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn, and on today's podcast, Laura Jackson is not joining me because I have a very special guest joining me today. I have Dr. Ashley Dwyer. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Hello, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now for all of our listeners, um, Ashley is the founder of team BDN, which is the big day nutrition coaching, which I love. I love that. I love that title so much. And you know, you are a pharmacist, you are a coach, you Mm -hmm. are a holistic nutritionist, correct? Not a nutritionist, but like holistic nutrition coach. guide coach. Yes, yes. Yes. You have to use the words very, very carefully, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. <laughs> now, um, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about, I know we're going to be talking specifically about HIT training today and why HIT is not always the best approach, or at least the traditional form of HIT is not always the best approach for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But would you mind sharing a little bit more with our listeners to start off just you know, your, um, your background and sort of what it is that you do at, um, team BDN coaching. Yeah. And actually I, I have to point out, I loved how you did the BDN and then said big day nutrition. Cause there is like some confusion around the name. I started with one company by myself and then transitioned into a team asset. So it was just a, a mouthful. And we used to only work with brides and grooms. And now we work with everyone and mostly women um, on their metabolism. So it's completely changed. But uh, my background, obviously, I am a pharmacist. I went to school to become a pharmacist and work in like the regular Western medical atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then quickly realized that that was not <laughs> what I wanted to do. It was super stressful. Um, I don't know how pharmacies and everything are in Canada, but down here, obviously you can be in a hospital, you can be retail setting, you can be in a bunch of different areas. And I chose retail. So like the grocery store, you'd walk into the pharmacy, the drugstore, things like that. Right. Very long hours, very stressful. Um, a lot of metrics that you have to do and you don't really have time to counsel patients to counsel the way you're supposed to on diet and lifestyle. Right. Right. And so earlier while I was in pharmacy school, I kind of 
discovered my, my passion for health and fitness and competed in bodybuilding competitions and didn't want to quit pharmacy per se. Cause I originally was like, Oh, I want to be a dietitian now. Uh, but figured I could just learn what I was learning in pharmacy and then utilize that for my patients and was very much mistaken. So kind of just wanting to bring this more holistic health and wellness to the world instead of what I call like handing out band-aids at the pharmacy, um, slowly transitioned into what I could at the time, which was a health coach, right? Like doing the certifications and more things to become that and not doing it underneath my pharmacy umbrella, but of course, bringing the knowledge with me and then just actually working with women to create an actual impact in their health and longevity instead of just here's your medication. I'll see you like next month. Right. Right. I love that. I think, um, I feel like we see a lot more of that, like the transition of people going from like what they think that they want to do and then transitioning into where they are, where their heart's actually telling them, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. start in some path and you're like, okay, I think that that's, you know, that makes sense to me, like pharmacy. And then you're like, oh, actually it doesn't speak to my heart at all. Like I want to be able to just really make a true impact and not saying that pharmacists don't because they are assisting people with long-term health problems. But right. I understand what you mean by it's being able to dive deeper and being able to have that time and the approach from a holistic standpoint to be able to heal and not just support like being able to give, as you said, the band-aid approach. A hundred percent. And I think it also, you know, I went through my own health issues and going through multiple doctors, multiple meds, and then finally having a functional health practitioner dive into the nitty gritty core. I was like, that's what I want to do. That's where it's at. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Now today, I know we're talking specifically about hit training and sort of, and that's, you know, um, one of the things that we're really passionate about at Fitchix Academy is talking about HIIT training. And one of the things that we always share with our students in our academy and our fitness and nutrition expert certification is that HIIT training is beneficial, but it has to be customizable. Like, so HIIT training traditionally, the way that it's presented is not always going to work with every single body out there. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Now, what, what do you think made hit training? Like, let's back up for a second and say, like, what do you think made hit training so popular in today's society? Because it is, it's literally like everybody talks about hit training and I don't know if people, and also, can you describe in your um, words, what hit training is? Cause I think some people don't even, we talk about it so much, but I don't even know if everyone understands the definition of it. Yeah, for sure. So the like standard definition is of course, like doing a minute or so of sprints and then like backing off and kind of like relaxing and letting your heart rate come down. So you're doing these intervals of high heart rate activity and then coming down, letting it relax and then doing it again. Right. So it became so popular because you can achieve the same amount of calorie loss, fat burn, et cetera, in a shorter amount of time. So it's an extremely efficient workout. And when everyone's running around being super busy these days, like efficiency is key, right? If you can do something in 20 minutes versus 60 minutes, you're going to do 20 minutes. Um, another thing that made it so popular was the like post exercise effect of fat burning. Like you continue to still burn after the exercise, which again is great. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) (laughs) You agree with the definition of hit? Cause I know it's also changed a little bit now too, but that was like the former definition, like the real one. Definitely. Yes. It's like, it's, it's high intensity interval training and it's, it's short bursts of high intensity followed by like either like a, a rest period or an active recovery period. So it's allowing you to peak and valley throughout your workouts, essentially. Now I know like 
we talk, like I said, we talk about it a lot at Fitchers Academy and we present it as the idea of like, yes, it is super efficient. Yes, it has to be something. But, you know, when it comes to like weight loss and when it comes to HIIT training, why is it that it can actually do the opposite? It can sometimes have the opposite effect because I know that a lot of times when we're talking about it as like, this is the most efficient to maybe lose weight. If that's your goal, if your end goal is to lose weight, this is usually the most efficient way to do it. But how do people sometimes not mix it up, but it's almost like they, they do it for that end goal. And then it ends up doing actually the reverse. What is actually happening with people? Because I know that that's a common issue that people are running into. Yeah. And honestly, that's, this is a lot. This is what I wanted to like dive into today, because this is what we see with most women. And I'm going to predominantly speak on women because women, we are the ones who have the hormone fluctuations throughout the month. Our hormones are extremely sensitive to stress and changes. Whereas men have the same testosterone levels for 24 seven, right? Like we're not, not really specifically talking about men here, except in the recovery component, but for women, especially fit chicks Academy, right. Um, we are again, hit exercise releases an acute response of cortisol, right? It is the acute stressor on the body and even more so than just basic strength training or, or something of, of low intensity or steady state. So when we have that production of cortisol, cortisol is not necessarily a bad thing. It helps us live. We, we need it sometimes. It's our fight or flight hormone, right? It does a lot of physiological processes in the body. The problem is that's only one source of cortisol going on. When you have multiple like stressful job, family situation, kids staying home from school, right? Like all these things that you're trying to do. Plus when you're doing hit exercise and trying to get the most bang for your buck and lose things very quickly, you're also probably in a really big calorie deficit, which is also another big stressor on the body. You're probably eliminating carbs, which is also another stressor on the body. So we have all of these stressors releasing cortisol and cortic, uh, chronically releasing cortisol. And so that chronic elevation is where we see the disrupt in our hormones, a disrupt in our um, a downregulation in our thyroid. And that's when we start to see weight gain, water retention, all of the negative effects that we don't want. Right. Right. And how does somebody, so if someone is just starting out, so let's say our listeners are listening right now and they've heard, okay, like hit training mm-hmm. is good. It's, I can do it in 20 minutes as opposed to an hour. And um, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And then they start seeing that it is starting to creep up. What is your recommendation for clients that you work with um, that end up starting on that path and seeing the negative results, seeing the opposite result of what they're trying to desire? What is sort of like that, the flip side to that, that you recommend to anyone? So what I do before we work with any client, we do a consult call. And so I dive into their exercise regimen, their eating, their stress, their sleep. I look into all of it as quick as I can in like 30 minutes. And so a lot of female clients, a lot of women, um, predominantly like the group class structure, right? Because it's easy to get in. You, it's motivational. It's quick sometimes. So you have, I don't, I assume we might have the same businesses, but like an orange theory or an F45 or a boot camp type of style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing those like four to five to six days a week. And so that's high intensity training multiple days. And then you're in a calorie deficit. Like I said, they come to me and they're like, I've been doing this for years or months and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. Or if, like you said, I'm gaining weight, what's the problem? 
So if we do get them on our team, we start to not only reverse diet them into eating more calories because they've usually been in a deficit for longer than three to four months, their metabolism's adapting, that stress response is huge. And we back off their training. And that is the one thing they don't want to hear is I have to like quit or go down to two days a week of hit. What? Um, Now, granted, I do tell them like, listen, you can do hit exercise four to five times a week. If your nutrition is strong, if your sleep is strong, if your recovery is strong and your other, like your stress management and the other areas of your life are strong. But if they are not, which is the norm, because it's hard to be wonder woman all the time, right? Um, it's not beneficial to do more than one to two days a week. So we'll have them switch their training to something more low intensity or just back it off a little bit. And I'll make kind of a promise to them. I'm like, listen, if we can get here and we can do this, you can keep four days a week. (laughs) So we'll do like a barter system and see how their biofeedback responds first. Do you find though, that when you start backing off and the initial response is always like, oh gosh, right? Like don't, don't take away my training or this is what I do, or this is what I'm used to doing. But do you find that once clients start, say, doing only two days a week of HIT and then a lot of other still movement activities, but low intensity, maybe going for walks or doing um, like lighter yoga workouts or things like that, do you find that they actually like adjust to that and they actually start feeling better? Because sometimes it's like, even like mentally and emotionally, does that sort of like settle with them? And then they're like, oh, actually this is working well for me. Or do you find that a lot of people still want to get back to that heightened four to five times a week of HIT? There is an adjustment period for sure. Cause it's more like if I don't feel like I'm sweating or kicking butt, like I'm not having a good workout, I feel lazy. I'm not feeling productive. So there is that pushback and that hesitation. And I think that giving it a couple of weeks, they start to ease into it, mm-hmm. but the goal is to allow them to eventually get back up to doing it sometimes, maybe not at the intensity they were once at. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to make a disclaimer though, because I mean, I was one of those people who was the hit, the hit crazy person, the doing like even plyos and jumping jacks in between my weightlifting sets to keep my heart rate up. Um, I got told like no more than two workouts a week, 30 minutes. And that was basic strength training. Like I will say there are different populations of people I would say who should avoid hit completely until we get to like a better homeostasis per se, or just once a week. And those are patients like myself who have thyroid conditions, autoimmune conditions, PCOS, hormonal conditions, things like that, because your reaction to stress in the body is so much greater. And until we kind of like heal those certain areas, it's just going to do way more harm than good. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about that. Like who, who should kind of like stay away from it? Is there anyone else? And like, what do you say to someone who is coming to you? Like, cause I know at Fitchings Academy, um, as I mentioned to you offline, like in our fitness and nutrition expert certification, one of the things that we teach, we talk about hit training, but the one thing that we talk about always is meeting your clients where they're at. So recognizing that there are some people that are just starting out on their journey. And so to get them into like doing Tabata training and everything else. Maybe you could teach them the process of it, but it could be with like walking drills. It could be with, you know, doing things that are just like low in low intensity movements, but still Mm -hmm. with like those sort of interval trainings. Um, What do you say to someone who is just starting out on their journey and they're curious about HIIT training? How do you train them in that way? 
So if they want to like just start out, like you're saying, the lower time frame would be best to start out. And then also, like you're saying, the lower intensity type of like not jumping into lifting right away, not even jumping into sprinting right away. Um, even elliptical or incline training can be a good one too, where we're just switching the uh, in resistance on a machine of cardio equipment, something like that. But I like to start like low and slow first with them so we can monitor how their body's responding and then we can kick it up a notch if we're allowed to. But I'll also very much preface sleep, nutrition, all the other forms of recovery. So we got our bases covered. Right. Now, in terms of recovery, can you dive in a bit more into like what that looks like? Because I know earlier you were saying like, you know, with HIIT training and specifically talking about the hormones that get affected, um, how do people add in the recovery process and how does that then help balance out the hormonal side for them, especially for women in particular, we're not going to talk about the men's side for now, cause it's Fitchick's chat, but we'll just focus on the women's side. So one of the most, and I, I like to say this to our clients a lot and do a lot of content on it. One of the most underrated forms of recovery and the best form of recovery is sleep. Like sleep is the best. And so if you are not really getting seven to eight hours of quality sleep per night, not like massively interrupted or anything like that. Like I know the wearables aren't hundred percent accurate. I do have a whoop. I do track my sleep every night, but sleep is so, so underrated. And some people need more, some need less, but I know the, the people, have you ever read why we sleep um, by, oh my gosh, the author is like escaping me, but it's a great book. And it says in there, cause you'll hear people say like, oh, I can totally survive off of five hours. I'm one of the, I'm an exception. And he very much says, no, you're not like <laughs> there's only 0.01% of the world. You can actually survive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sleep is massively important. And I understand that sometimes that's not an option, like new moms or, or even moms of toddlers. Like, you know, you just go through, if you have kids, it's, it can be a different story. Um, you can't really control totally all different beasts. You just, it's yeah. the most unpredictable scenario possible for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, we go through that with our clients too. And we're like, well, we just have to work with what we can, right? So sleep is number one. If you can get it, um, there's a lot of sleep hygiene tips that we give and that we go over that can help if you are, you know, to get the most that you can in the time that you can, but other forms of recovery too, are making sure to take rest days. Some people are like no rest days, uh, seven day a weekers. And I gotta tell you, that's going to do more harm than good too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So taking some adequate rest days throughout the week and, um, stress management is also really important in recovery. So maybe even doing, you know, the lower intensity exercises like yoga or meditation or going on walks in nature to bring down some cortisol, all of that will greatly help. Right. No, and I, I agree with that 100%. I think it's, it has to be, and even in our certification, we talk about it as like, it's like fitness, nutrition, wellness, like it has to be all of it. And if mm -hmm. you one, it'll only work for such a, like for a short period of time, or you'll only get to a certain point and then you're going to hit this wall and you have to have everything included. Like it has to encompass all aspects or else it's just like, it's like a disjointed plan, right? Like, and you won't have all of the pieces. Yeah. It's an incomplete puzzle, right? Exactly. exactly. Now, um, one question I do have for you, um, before we end today is with hit training. So for anyone who's listening right now, what would be some of your top recommendations when it comes to hit? So if they're like, okay, I do want to incorporate this. I normally do like 
um, one hour of cardio on the machine. Like I usually do, like, let's just say like what a lot of people do, which is what we see at the gym is like, they'll do, they'll go on an elliptical for an hour or they'll go on a treadmill for an hour and they'll just do this steady state cardio, which I still believe there's a time and place for steady state. I 100% still love list training and all of those things. But if they wanted to start incorporating hit, um, just two times a week, what would be your recommendation for someone who maybe is starting out? And then someone who is, has already been training just so that our listeners have like a starting point for it. Yeah. So if they're like only specifically wanting to get into hit training, right? So I guess for starting out, I would have someone do like, let's say you're doing the elliptical, right? Like you said, or even the treadmill on the elliptical, you can just basically drop it down to maybe 20 minutes, um, 15 to 20 minutes. And you could do two minutes at like a five incline, like a very low incline. And then you could do one minute on a higher incline that actually is like making you work. You can feel it work. And then you back off and you can do that for 15 to 20 minutes. I think that would be a decent place to start, especially one to two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then someone who's super active, if they still wanted to use like cardio equipment, then we could bump up to like incline sprints on a treadmill. I used to do those. They used to be one of my favorites. Um, and that would look like a 30 second hard sprint on a high incline and then come back down for like a minute and 30 walk on like a normal incline. Um, just kind of testing the cardiovascular skills at that point right. and making it a little more taxing on the body. Um, you could probably look into that. I don't know if you have any other suggestions. I'd also love to hear some too. No, I mean, those are definitely like the ones that we would always recommend would just be either the incline or the speed, right. And mm-hmm. the duration, but duration should never, we never recommend going over uh, like a two minutes as absolute max. Cause if you're working at like the highest intensity that you can, usually a minute would even be kind of like your- a lot, especially yeah. sprinting. <laughs> I was just, I was picturing myself on a treadmill at a high end of like it would be like 30 seconds for sure. Like, yeah. (laughs) I want to ask you a question. What is your like top max interval or hit max amount of time completely that you would recommend someone do? Usually it's like whenever we're doing our workout programs, whenever we're developing our programming, we usually do two minutes is the absolute max. And that would be at like a, it wouldn't necessarily be a hit. It would be more of an interval because I think that there's a difference between like interval training and hit training, like hit training mm-hmm. is like highest intensity. Like if you were doing Tabata, it's 20 right. as you can go. Um, hit training. I always think of it as like your high intensity. So you're really pushing and those would be like a minute max versus if I was doing regular intervals, like where it's like jogging versus sprinting, I would say a two minute max. Like I meant like the whole program. So like 20 minutes, oh, 30, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. So recommendation under 30 minutes. Okay. Anything above that, you start putting your body into stressor, um, like a stress state. Would you agree with that? I was actually no, going to ask you the same question, which is interesting. I love that. And I find my, that's where my struggle is with these classes is sometimes they're like an hour or 50 minutes. And I'm like, why do we need 50 minutes of hit? Why do we need that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, I think it's like 30 minutes or less. Um, when we design workout programs, we'll design them for an hour, but it's like, 10 minutes of warm up, and then you have some hit. And then in between the hit, you'll have like um, some core or something where it's like low intensity. Splitting and- it up. Exactly. So it's breaking up the workout patterns so that it can still meet the hour 
quote unquote requirement that a lot of clients feel like they need, even though that's just like a myth of what people believe. I think that that's starting to break down in the industry and in people's minds, which is great. People want more efficient workouts. So I think as we're developing new workout programs, we should be considering that. But um, if someone is looking for an hour long bootcamp first per se, I would always make sure that you're breaking it up so that it's not just like a straight hour of hit because that's it's too taxing on the body and it's actually going to cause the reverse effect of what you want. Right. Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing today and for joining us on Fitchix Chat. Now, um, would you be able to share a little bit more with our listeners about how they can learn more about what you do at um, at Team BDN Coaching and how they can get in touch with you? Because I know you also have a special offer for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So what we do is custom one-on-one plans. We do macros for our clients. We also do programming and workout programs. Um, we do kind of schedule in some hit, but it's mostly strength-based training, weight-based training, progressive overload protocols, but we take the holistic dive into the program. So working from the inside out, making sure insides are happy before we get the aesthetic results on the outside. Most of the time that results in eating more food before you can actually go into your calorie deficit. Right. So we do this with, we do this with, um, um, mostly we work with mostly women and you can find out more information on our website at teambdncoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Dwyer or Dr. Or, excuse me, or at Team BDN Coaching. <laughs> yeah. I'm like losing my words today. But, and then for the summer, we are still offering a 10% promo for your listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in. Anyone who comes from this podcast and just kind of mentions they heard me talk on here, we can get uh, 10% off of our coaching packages. So That's so generous. Thank you so much for offering that. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today. I know that this took a couple of rescheduling. So I really appreciate you taking the time to show up and share all of your knowledge for everyone listening. Of course, all of the information and how you can get in touch with um, Ashley is in the show notes. So you can make sure you check it out there as well. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you again next week on Fitchix Chat. Bye. Bye everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat, where we were talking with Dr. Ashley Dwyer all about HIIT training and the benefits to it, as well as some of the red flags to look out for when it comes to your own training program or working with clients. Again, as I mentioned earlier, if you are ready to take this journey, get certified, learn more for your own health and well-being, but also to be able to help coach and support other people in their health journey, make sure you check out our upcoming certifications at fitchicksacademy.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week for Fit Chicks Chat. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.